0: In times like these You need a Savior In times like these You need an anchor Be very sure Be very sure Your anchor holds And grips a solid This rock is Jesus. Yes, He's the one. This rock is Jesus. The only one. Be very sure. Be very sure. Your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. In times like these, you need the Bible. In times like these, Oh, be not idle, be very sure, be very sure, your anchor holds in grips of solid rock. This rock is Jesus, yes, He's the one, this rock is Jesus, the only one, be very sure, be very sure anchor holds and grips a solid rock. In times like these, I have a Savior. In times like these, I have an anchor. I'm very sure, I'm very sure. My anchor holds and grips a solid This rock is Jesus, yes, he's the one, this rock is Jesus, the only one. I'm very sure, I'm very sure, my anchor holds and grips a solid rock.
1: Amen. Again. Welcome you to Sovereign Grapes of Badgers Church in Pensacola, Florida. We know by the statistics that many people are listening to our sermons on Sermon Audio and also now on Facebook. You may find yourself in Pensacola sometimes. A lot of people come here to vacation. We live in paradise. We just don't appreciate it like we should probably.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We welcome you to come and to worship with us, 6209 Denver Avenue in Pensacola, Florida. This morning's Bible reading is going to be from Genesis chapter 4, verses 1 through 16. And Adam knew Eve his wife, and she conceived, and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the Of the ground. And in process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering he had no respect, had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? And why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass, when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and slew him. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. And now art thou cursed from the earth, which hath opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. When thou tillest the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee her strength. A fugitive and a vagabond shalt thou be in the earth. And Cain said unto the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, thou hast driven me out this day from the face of the earth, and from thy face shall I be hid, and I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth. And it shall come to pass that everyone that findeth me shall slay me. And the Lord said unto him, Therefore, whosoever slayeth Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark upon Cain, lest any finding him should kill him. And Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. This is an account of the life of Cain and Abel. And I know we're all familiar with this account. So we're going to dig into it a little bit this morning and the Lord willing, see some things. That have a significance for us in our lives in the Lord So let's begin once again Genesis chapter 4 and verse 1 And Adam knew Eve his wife And she conceived and bare Cain And said, I have gotten a man from the Lord So the firstborn man of all time And it was Cain And then verse two, and she again bare his brother Abel, and Abel was Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. I want us to look at their occupations this morning for a moment, and I want us to see where they came from. All right. Well, when the Lord put Adam in the garden, he put him there to till the ground. He put him there to take care of all of the life that he had previously created, including keeping of the animals. So both occupations came from the Lord. Both were valid occupations because they were initiated by God himself. So the occupation of Cain we're going to see it's not what God was displeased with. Again, bury brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. Could Cain have brought a sacrifice to the Lord that would have pleased the Lord? Absolutely he could have. Absolutely. In the process of time, it came to pass, verse 3, that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. Now, We see it's in the process of time. Well, we could uh, logically conclude that it would be harvest time. He brought up the fruit of the ground. Many people that I've read behind say that, that it would have been a Sabbath day or it would have been a special day that God had set aside for Cain and Abel to come and to worship him. And that's what they were doing when they present a sacrifice to him. They were worshiping God. And it God had given them a way to do that. God had taught them. Just as Adam had taught Cain to be a tiller of the ground, where did he learn it from? Well, absolutely, he learned it from his dad. He learned it from Adam. Cain learned how to till the ground from Adam. Adam learned it from God. All right. The same is true with Abel's occupation. He took care of the sheep. Adam took care of the sheep and all the animals. How did he know how to do it? Where did he learn how to do it? He learned how to do it from God. God passed it to Adam. Adam passed it to Abel. Alright? So, in the process of time, it came to pass. That Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord, and Abel he also brought of the first things of his flock, and of the fat thereof, and the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering, but unto Cain and his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth and his was very wroth and his countenance failed. All right, let's notice a few things here, and we actually talked about this a little bit last week. Uh, Somehow I drifted over into this week's message last week a little bit. But we notice that the ground that Cain brought the fruit of had already been cursed by God for Adam's sake. Remember that. Because of Adam disobeying God, God cursed the ground for his sake. From that time forward, the ground resisted the work of man, didn't it? Absolutely. From that time forward, the ground has been more and more progressively, let's say, depleted of the things that were in the ground originally that the uh, production of vegetables needed, the minerals and all of the things that were needed. The ground was cursed. Alright, so to begin with, Cain's offering was brought from a cursed ground. It was an earthly thing. Alright? The fruit of the ground. But what was the big difference between Cain's offering and Abel's offering? I want us to see this morning that Cain's offering was empty of something. It lacked something. And it lacked something because Cain lacked something. What was it that Cain lacked? It was faith in the shed blood of the coming Redeemer that's what he lacked he approached God in a human fashion and in a uh, a human plan to connect with God and please God but it didn't please God why did it not please God because God had already set forth a plan for redemption for mankind, he showed an example. God did. He showed an example that it would take innocent shed blood to redeem mankind from the position and the condition that he had been put in because of the fall of Adam in the Garden of Eden. God had a plan. We see uh, when the Lord. Curse them, in verse 15 in chapter 3, God says, I will put enmity between thee and the woman. Who's he talking to? He's talking to the serpent. And he's talking to the enemy, Satan himself. He says, I will put enmity or hatred between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise. Thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. He was teaching Adam and Eve about Jesus Christ coming and sacrificing a perfect life for them, that they would be redeemed. Cain knew this. How do I know that? Because I know that his father and mother taught him these things. Both of these boys knew this that there was a coming redeemer and this redeemer would be an innocent and perfect person Abel brought of the firstlings of his flock and I'm pretty convinced that he did so in the same way that God directed Moses, the children of Israel when they were in Egypt to select a lamb a firstling without spot and without blemish one that they would come to love I know that because it was a baby sheep and they brought it into the house for over a week and any baby in the house for over a week everybody's going to come to love that baby aren't they but then God required that they spill its blood And paint that blood on the doorpost. That when death of the firstborn sent by God. Came through that it would pass over that house. Because of the blood you see. That lamb was not Jesus Christ. But it represented him. Abel brought that sacrifice by faith. In the book of Hebrews in chapter 11.
0: Let's see.
1: Hebrews chapter 11. In verse 1. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. At this point in Genesis chapter 4. Jesus coming for the redemption of mankind had not been seen.
0: But the faith
1: that Abel had in this coming event was the evidence of this thing not seen. The sacrificial lamb of God, the true lamb of God that came down from heaven and gave his perfect innocent life. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1. The evidence of things not seen for by it the elders obtain a good report. Isn't that what Abel obtained from God when he brought the sacrificial lamb? A good report. Yes, God approved of it. We don't know exactly how he displayed his approval. Later on in the Old Testament God would have come down with fire and consumed it. That was his approval and it's probably what happened here. But we're not told. But we know God approved of it. In other words, he obtained a good report. Abel did. Why? Because his faith was in the shed blood of the Redeemer who was yet to come. Yet he trusted in him, even though hundreds of years later, the Lord actually came and fulfilled these promises and these prophecies of the Old Testament. Verse 4, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 4, By faith Abel... Offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it being, I'm sorry, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. We read where Abel's blood spoke to God from the ground. Cain spilt his brother's blood on the ground and it spoke to God from the ground. Abel cried out. Was Abel dead? His body was. But he wasn't. No. God had breathed the breath of life into man. Abel was an eternal creature as you and I are. And his blood cried out to God from the ground. Some say uh, that Cain probably buried him in the ground so that uh, nobody else would find him. Uh, We're not told that. But we're told that Abel's blood cried out to God from the ground where Cain put him or left him. So what about Cain's offering? Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. Verse 3, back in Genesis chapter 4. What was the basis of Cain's sacrifice? Cain's way of worshiping God. Well, I think that it was pride. I think he brought of his own works and he was proud of them. And I think that the basis for his sacrifice that he brought to God was pride and a result of his hard work. It's hard work. Even then, I think it's uh, surely it's harder work now because the earth has been depleted more and more and more of those nutrients. Uh, that it had for the plants to grow and to live. But the basis of Cain's sacrifice was not by God's plan of worship, was it? It was by Cain's plan. Cain had worked hard and the thing is he trusted in the result of that work. For God to be pleased with His sacrifice and His worship. And you see, that basis will crumble because it's of the earth, earthly. It's the same thing with our works. They're good. They are planned and directed and we are uh, predestined to do these good works. But our dependence for God's approval cannot be in our works, you see. These are two different approaches to connecting with and or pleasing God. Two different approaches. Cain's approach. He worked hard. He was proud of the work he did. I'm sure whatever he brought was as good as whatever that was has ever been, if that makes sense. Whatever produce that was, I'm sure it was as nice as any that's ever been grown since then. The ground was in the the, uh, best condition I believe that it's ever been in. One generation, one generation of mankind, and we have a murder. Didn't take long, did it? No, it didn't take long at all. So the confidence of our heart in human works and ability does not please God. When Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no one cometh to the Father but by me. That's what he meant. That's a fact. This confidence or this faith, again, comes from God. Abel had it. Cain did not. And I truly believe that Cain knew the right way to worship God. And we see that God told him, if you do right, will you not be accepted? But then confidence in God's design for salvation or heart faith Because I like to have it. That is acceptable to God. It's confidence in Jesus and what He's done for us. When you're standing on the rock of Jesus Christ, you're safe. You're safe from the storm. You're safe from the flood. You're safe from the destruction that's coming, by the way. It is absolutely coming. The wrath of God is coming on this this sinful earth. But if we're standing on the rock, if our faith is in Jesus Christ for the salvation of our souls, yes, again, we do good works and we're happy to do good works. But we owe God everything. Why wouldn't we? But we needn't Have confidence in those works for God to be pleased with us. You see the difference? All right. So, Abel brought his offering, and it was brought from heartfelt faith in the sacrificial Lamb of God who was yet to come. Again, I say I believe they knew about this. They knew because they had learned it from their parents and their parents' experience. We read in chapter 3, the uh, 15th verse, and then in the 21st verse, chapter 3 of Genesis, Unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothe them. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become as one of us to know good and evil, verse 22. And now, or after all this has happened, and now, lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Mankind was separated from God and separated from the tree of life And we've taught on this some recently, the tree of life. And it represented a saving knowledge or a life-giving knowledge of God, that tree of life. It grew in the midst of the garden. It also grows in the midst of the river in New Jerusalem, doesn't it? In the midst of the river and on both sides. So we see in this verse, now that man has become as one of us, one of them, to know good and evil, and now lest he put forth his hand and take also the tree of life. Well, we're separated from the tree of life. Adam and Eve were driven from the garden and cherubims with flaming swords were put there to protect the way of or the direction to or the connection with access to the tree of life so now after this point mankind is able not able is unable to make that connection how can man make that connection again how can he reconnect with god By trust in Jesus. By faith in Jesus Christ, which brings, notice this, faith in Him which brings access to Jesus Christ. Access to the living Word of God. When God saves us, the Bible declares that He quickens us or makes us alive then we are able to reach out and partake of the tree of life. The saving knowledge of God. What a Savior He provides all for us. Alright, let's continue on. Genesis chapter 4. and verse 5. But unto Cain and his offering, he had not respect. And we know why. We've spoken of the fact that it was a a, a sacrifice designed by Cain, designed by man. It did not have uh, the glory and praise of the Son of God as its focus. Rather, it had the works of man by its focus. And so God was not pleased with it. When John the Baptist baptized Jesus Christ, you remember that the Spirit came down and abode on him like in the shape of a dove. And God said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. The only way God's going to be pleased with you is through his Son and your trust and faith in him. No other way. All right. Verse 5. But unto Cain unto his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth and his countenance fell. He was mad. He was angry. And it showed. That's what it's saying here. And the Lord said unto Cain, verse 6, Why art thou wroth and why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? So again... I believe that Cain knew what doing well entailed. But he didn't count on, depend on, God's way. He counted on and depended on his own way. If thou doest well, if thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? Verse 7. And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. Now, I've read behind some uh, scholars uh, who say that they're talking about him ruling over his brother because he was the elder. I don't believe that's the case. Who was the first liar? Who brought sin in? It was Satan, wasn't it? It was the enemy. If thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. Sin's waiting for you. To tempt you. To cause you to depend on something besides God's plan. And God's way of salvation. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. if we're not following God's plan, if we're not counting on and putting our heartfelt faith in God's plan, then whose plan are we following? We might think, well, we're following our plan. Where would you get your plan from? Who is the little g God of this earth? Who is driving the ways of the world? It's Satan, isn't it? It absolutely is. The enemy is not changed. It's still him. He's still active. Verse 8 says, And Cain talked with Abel his brother. And it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and slew him. And it's likely to me that when he talked... With Abel, he was saying, come on, let's go out to the field. Let's go out here. He had a plan to kill his brother. It was definitely premeditated murder. Well, was Cain angry at Abel because God was pleased with Abel's sacrifice and not his? i tell you what I think. I think Cain was mad at God. I think Cain's countenance fell because he was angry with God for not accepting his way of salvation, for not accepting his works and being pleased with what he had done. But he couldn't kill God, so he killed the one that God was pleased with, his very own brother. How do we please God? How do we sacrifice unto God in a way that He will accept? Well, let's turn to Luke chapter 4. In Luke chapter 4 and 18, we see the Lord quoting a scripture from Isaiah 61 and 6. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the broken hearted. To preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty them that are bruised. To heal the broken hearted. That's what I want us to look at. What sacrifice is God pleased with in our lives? Well, it's a broken heart and a contrite spirit, isn't it? That's what the Bible teaches us. In other words, a heart for Jesus. A heart born faith. He is pleased when our confidence is only in Him. He is pleased when confidence in ourselves and our own heart is broken because we see by the enlightenment of the scriptures that our natural hearts are enmity against him, like Cain's. Cain hated God for not accepting his works as an acceptable sacrifice unto him, didn't he? You know that was passed down to us too. That human nature. That's this is where it began. This was the first murder That's what God is pleased with. A new heart. A broken heart. My contrite spirit. My spirit quite doth fail. Oh, but the Spirit of God, which is in me, does not fail. And God is pleased with me through Jesus Christ. Jesus came to this earth. This is God's plan for you. He sent His Son to overcome this state that you were born into. There was not a human being who was able to please God by their own works. Not one. But Jesus Christ pleased God By his own works. He didn't sin. Not even once. He pleased God in his sacrifice. His sacrifice was represented all through the Old Testament by God's direction. God directed all that bloodshed in the Old Testament. But they weren't counting on The blood from those bulls and goats and lambs and doves. No. Those were just a symbol to remind them over and over that nothing but the blood of Jesus can save our souls. God's plan was to send Him that He would live the life that none of us were able to. Is it Adam's fault? Yes. But God, over all, meant it for good. God is in control, you see. All things, Romans 8 tells us, work together for good to those who love the Lord. Now we see further down that God had mercy on Cain. The ground was already cursed because of Adam, for Adam's sake, God had cursed the ground before he even expelled them from the Garden of Eden. Verse nine, and the Lord said, this is Genesis chapter four, verse nine, and the Lord said unto Cain, "Where is Abel thy brother? And still Cain is arrogant with God, isn't he? And he said, "I know not, am I my brother's keeper?" God knew what he had done. And he said, What hast thou done? Verse 10, The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. And now art thou cursed from the earth, which hath opened her mouth, the earth had opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. When thou tillest the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee her strength. A fugitive and a vagabond shalt thou be in the earth. And Cain said unto the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Cain still focusing on himself, isn't he? He said in verse 14, Behold, thou hast driven me out this day from the face of the earth, and from thy face shall I be hid, and I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth. And it shall come to pass that everyone that findeth me shall slay me. And the Lord had mercy on him. He showed him grace and mercy. The Lord said unto him, Therefore, whosoever slayeth Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark upon Cain, lest any man, lest any finding him, should kill him. We don't know what the mark is, was, but we know that it was recognizable, that it was a mark from God. He had mercy on Cain, didn't he? And Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. Again, I want us to notice the two different approaches of connecting with and pleasing God. There's an approach that comes from the heart of man. And we already know that the natural heart of man is fallen and disconnected from God. There's the approach that if we work hard and if we obey God, that He will see those words and approve of us and accept us in His family. Unfortunately, that doesn't work because salvation is through faith not through works lest any man should boast there are only two basic approaches to connecting with and pleasing God and the one that God is pleased with is faith or confidence in God's design of a sacrificial lamb that qualified to be the sacrifice. And that was his son. Faith in him and in nothing else. Yes, our works are important. We have a great responsibility to follow God and to follow His ways and to go by His truth. It's important that God doesn't accept it as a way of salvation. He only accepts faith in His Son. We just can't trust in anything else. Everything else will fail us. But Jesus never will He is a great and mighty Savior Let's go to him in a word of prayer Dear Gracious Heavenly Father We come before you once again In Jesus name Lord we thank you for your word For it truly is manna from heaven We thank you Lord For the converted hearts That trust in you We pray Father that This word That your gospel will go forth throughout the world. And Lord, that you will prick hearts by it through the power and direction of your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, for Jesus Christ and his great sacrifice. Thank you, Lord, that he freely gave his perfect life for us because of the love that he has for us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving us for keeping us. For we know, Lord, that we would be unable to keep ourselves as we are unable to save ourselves. But we give You all the honor, praise, and glory for it. Thank You for this life that You've given us. Help us, Lord, to seek You in all that we do. Be with those who are unable to attend. We pray that You would bless each one on the prayer list this week, that You would heal those that are sick. Lord, we pray that You would comfort those who are bereaved and we ask Lord that you would provide for those who are in need lead guide and direct us we only trust in you in Jesus name amen